Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. I'm so excited to talk to you, mostly because I've taken mushrooms, and I'm going to try to make sense of what I'm saying and what I'm thinking. Um, but if I ramble, fuck off, I'm on drugs. If you are a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash sex, drugs, and spirituality, you're fully abreast of all of my mental health comings and goings and my, um, well, whatever. (laughs) Who gives a fuck? Pay me a dollar. You get to hear me tell you things about myself that you don't give a fuck about. Um... I'm recording an episode about what I'm calling that stupid fucking trial. Um, I feel like the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp um, situation flooded the news cycle, memes, social media, and it was something I ultimately tried to avoid because I didn't want a daily recount of the ins and outs of Uh, an abusive relationship between two unhealthy people engaging in unhealthy behavior. And I kind of dismissed it as mutual abuse between people who have active addictions. Um, But I will tell you that it began to bother me, the people I know who were so adamantly defending Johnny Depp and persecuting Amber Heard because it, and it was mostly women. I mean, I, most of my people I interact with on social media are women, but, um, it seemed to be, and I just seemed it, it reeked of uh, misogyny to me. Um, like people were so, why do you, why are you so hell bent on the narrative being that Johnny Depp is a good person, any evidence to show that he is a good person, he's not an abuser. Like, why why are we so excited to vindicate this person and to persecute this woman? Um, is it because at one point you wanted to fuck him? And listen, we all have excused bad behavior by guys we want to fuck. We have. Uh, as someone who was in a very unhealthy, abusive relationship for four years, um, I can tell you that we had amazing sex. Like, the best sex that you'll probably ever have in your life is (laughs) with someone you shouldn't be fucking. It just is, because, I don't know, it spices things up. But obviously, I found him to be insatiably attractive. Our sex was really good. And so I felt connected to this person. um, And I overlooked things that should have been red flags. You know what I mean? And when you are sexually attracted to somebody or in real life you're in love with somebody, you tend to uh, want to hear excuses for their bad behavior. And we all know the saying, hurt people, hurt people. And it's very, very true. Uh, if you watch Surviving R. Kelly, one of his pickup lines, one of the things that he did to get women to feel close to him, and so they felt like they were, you know, he let them in on who he really is, is that he would tell them how he couldn't read. He would be, 
he'd open up and he would tell them about how he was molested as a child and how he was illiterate and how these things really created a, like pain and struggle for him, which led these women to sympathize with him, which really opened the door for them excusing his abusive behavior. The person who I was in an abusive relationship with is not was not well, is not well. Apparently, the girl he's been with since we parted ways has been having the same struggles. So, um, you know, and he, he would cry and be vulnerable and talk about his problems. And so you would think like, he's not being controlling or manipulative. He's just trying to survive his own hurt. Um, and so, uh, it, it, so, so I get it. Like you, have been in love with Johnny Depp your whole life. He's been around for forever. You think he's attractive. You think he's a good actor. You want to fuck him. And the fact that some woman came forward and said that he was abusive, you don't want that to be true. So any evidence that would make that seem untrue is very exciting to you. However, like, let's be real. Prior to him even being with Amber Heard, there were headlines about his alcoholism, his $40,000 a month, like, wine budget. He is an addict. Addict, active addicts do not make great partners. Um, I believe it's 80% of domestic violence occurs while under the influence of alcohol, um, so, and you know, if you're a listener that I have very negative opinions of alcohol, it tends to make people volatile and engage in behavior they otherwise wouldn't, um, which I cannot say the same for, uh, psychedelics. Uh, it just, it's, it's different. So, so the, the, the people that I've seen defending him, it hurt in the way that, um, when I was a victim of abuse, I didn't want to come forward and talk about it. The reason why women don't want to come forward and talk about it is because they are questioned, right? That's why like less than 10% of rapes even go to court because it's just reliving the trauma by discussing what happened, but there is never any resolution. And along the, the way, you are totally derided as a person. And so you know, as an outsider, the things like, okay, Amber Heard threw a bottle at him in retaliation for some of his behavior, or she can be heard on audio tapes to be um, allegedly like instigating to him, or uh, she shit on his bed. Everyone talks about how she allegedly shit on his bed. Um, well, when you're abused, you'll do things that uh, you cannot believe you would ever do. And there, there's this saying, there is no perfect victim. We want there to be, right? Like she was an angel and he totally abused her or he was an angel and she totally abused him. Um, but it's just not true. Generally, it's thought that there's a primary abuser and a primary victim. And that is to say that um, the primary abuser can be victimized in some way and the primary victim can be abusive in some ways. It goes both ways. And I will say that when I was in an abusive relationship and I like, it's been 10 years and I, I still cannot believe like I'm about to tell you the story that I'm about to tell you that I did. But 
I took everything he had ever given me, like cassette mixtapes, recordings of songs he wrote for me, like stuff like that, everything he'd ever given to me, and I smashed it up with a hammer, and I put those things in a shoebox, and then I wrote like a five-page rambling note on notepad paper with a red pen to look like blood. And then I used, I put the paper on top of the shoebox full of all the smash goods and I took a knife and I stabbed it through the paper to pin this rambling note to the box of broken goods and I left it on his doorstep. And that seems crazy to me now. Like, who does that? You know what I mean? But like, he drove me insane. And I, I always say it takes two to tango, right? Like I, I could have physically left at any given time, but the way that I was broken down mentally, like it was like I was gutted out as a person. I left that relationship, like a true hollow shell of my former self. And the things that were done to me or what like I cannot believe that that person tolerated those things um but it's the it's the old lobster in the pot where the the boiling water it slowly turns up you know what I mean um the night before I had a surgery he told me that um he was cheating on me he was supposed to be my ride (laughs) so he told me he was cheating on me so I got a ride to and from surgery from a co-worker and then he showed up at my house that night and at the time I lived in a house behind a gate like a locked gate so to get to my front door you had to climb a block wall so it's he shows up at my house that night climbs the wall knocks on my porch and I'm like still high and intoxicated because I just had surgery um And I open the door and I let him in because I'm in a vulnerable, vulnerable state. And I let him in and he makes me cry. And then somehow I end up sucking his dick. And like, yes, it's, I, I, I unlocked my door and I let him in and I put his dick in my mouth. But like, he was the one who told me he was cheating and then right before a major event in my life and then climbs a block wall and um, weasels his way into my house while I'm intoxicated and um, allows somebody who just had surgery to suck his dick because I, I couldn't fuck because I had just had surgery. You know what I mean? So you're like, well, yeah, the, it, it takes two to tango. He didn't break into my house. <laughs> um. But obviously he would be the primary abuser in that situation. It's just that I was a weak person and he knew all the ins and outs of how to get to me and manipulate me. And so, I don't know, I'm going to read this excerpt from a Rolling Stone article um, and this little bit is called No Perfect Victims and this article is about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. In particular, the trial has underscored the idea that survivors of abuse must adhere to a rigid set of standards in order to be believed when coming forward with their stories. This saga has been horrible to watch unfold because we're once again litigating how, uh, quote-unquote, perfect a victim you need to be in order to be a victim. People look at women fighting back against abuse and use it as evidence to play into the abuser's narrative that both parties were equally wrong. Uh, 
Hurd is far from a perfect victim. She has admitted to hitting Depp on at least one occasion, and in recordings can be heard taunting and belittling him. But according to NCADV's uh, Glenn, that's like the National Something Abuse Domestic Violence organization. The idea that the what the couple experienced constituted mutual abuse as their former couples therapist testified is patently false and ignores domestic violence experts' understanding of abuse dynamics. There is no such thing as mutual abuse. You have a primary aggressor and a primary victim, she says. What could be happening is you have a survivor doing what they need to do to defend themselves. But when you have clinicians framing it as mutual abuse, it's very harmful. She says the fact that the trial was broadcast and live-streamed for hundreds of thousands of people to consume as entertainment on a daily basis will continue to inflict damage even after the verdict. This, quote, this could have been stopped weeks ago by the court system, unquote. Other experts on domestic abuse have been horrified watching the methods that are traditionally employed to discredit survivors, such as diagnosing them with a mental illness, wielded on a global stage with Dr. Shannon Curry, a clinical and forensic psychologist who testified on Depp's behalf, diagnosing Heard, who was not her patient, with borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder inaccurately linking the former condition to physical abuse. I hear from women in the UK, Canada, all the lawyers use the same tactics. They position them as hysterical, as gold diggers, malicious, out for revenge, emotionally unstable as having personality disorders, says Taylor. It provides a model of discrediting the woman. The depth verdict, she said, will only make such tactics more common in a courtroom setting. The trial had the impact of sending survivors down a rabbit hole of re-experiencing not just the grisly details of their abuse, but the aftermath, particularly watching their abuser get away with it. Glenn has been triggered by footage of Depp grandstanding outside the courthouse to a bevy of female fans. Quote, watching him blow kisses and stopping his car and waving, if you've been so defamed you had to bring this to court, you should be acting with dignity and the seriousness with which this affords, unquote. Um, So yeah, I think that's a really perfect summation of it is that, um, you know, the way that it has been geared is that this woman is evil and she's mentally ill and that she perpetuated this abuse when the night that she uh, threw the bottle that allegedly cut his finger off. He allegedly raped her with a glass liquor bottle after she was berating him for his alcoholism. So, I mean, the fact that people could defend this man who is a fucking mess, first of all, he's a fucking alcoholic mess. And I know I get shit for talking shit on addicts, but like, come on. And the fact that she would antagonize him about his drinking and his bad behavior and he then to put her in her place sexually assaults her with a liquor bottle and she throws a bottle at him. He ends up cutting his finger. You know what he did after he cut his finger on that bottle? He cut his fingertip off. He wrote 
crazy ramblings in blood on all of the walls of the condo. And so this is the man that you are so quick to defend as an innocent victim. There's two people in this situation who are unwell. Um, and the idea that, um, I don't know, it seems weird that like, so now everyone's making fun of and mocking Amber Heard and, um, applauding and heralding Johnny Depp where it's like, he's a crazy person. He is an absolute crazy person. He's, he's in these fights. We're hearing these fights. He's scrawling on walls and blood. Like the, to what end has he driven her crazy? And even if it was at the very least mutual abuse, which I don't know that it is, um, that means it takes two to tango. So, so why are we being so cruel and mocking of quote unquote Amber Turd? Why, why are we doing that? And, and how does that make women feel who are in domestic violence situations, who are in abusive relationships? Um, like, you know, well, he didn't just walk up to me while I was knitting and break my collarbone. We were arguing. I pushed him. He slammed me into a wall and like put his knee on my back. So you go th like th th that in that scenario, the woman becomes a less perfect victim. But the man still broke her collarbone. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the whole lawsuit was about defamation in which Amber Heard wrote an article that she did not name Johnny Depp in. And she wrote an article discussing domestic violence, feeling that she had become the face of domestic violence and talking about the backlash that victims of domestic violence face when they do come forward about it. And so she wrote this article in which she was unnamed, but obviously people knew who she was talking about. And, um, and then she had this lawsuit brought against her. It's not mentioned in any of the headlines that are mocking her in any of the memes that are mocking her, that there were mountains of photographs of bruises and cuts from him assaulting her. That, that, that the, at the end of their relationship, she did have a restraining order against him because of his domestic violence and that the judge approved that restraining order based on solid evidence of domestic violence. So all of this sort of concrete proof we have that he was an abuser is now thrown away because we hear her taunting him on a cassette tape or she throws a bottle at him or she maybe shit in his bed when he walked out on her. You know what I mean? And it hurts my feelings to see women defending him as if he's a saint. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I guess it must be nice to have never been abused and so to not have a comprehension of the dynamics of how an abusive relationship works. But I'll tell you this, over the past several years, we've had a series of documentaries come out that have really framed what abuse looks like and how it happens. The Surviving R. Kelly series was really good because you see how how could a woman end up being living with R. Kelly, being locked in a bedroom, forced to shave her head and wear sweatpants only, and not allowed to talk to people or use a cell phone and having to pee in a bucket because she's not allowed to leave her bedroom. How does that happen? Well, guess what? We have interviews with women who found themselves in that position and explain how the grooming and manipulation happened to get them to that point.
In the same way that people think that sex traffic happens because people are kidnapped in the aisles at Target, when ultimately people are trafficked by people they know, Recently, there was a headline about a girl who was sex trafficked from a Dallas Mavericks game during the NBA playoffs, but what wasn't said in the articles about it was that she snuck out and willingly met with the pimp who trafficked her because she had known him previously. She was a chronic runaway who quote-unquote chose, she's a minor, who quote-unquote chose this, who willingly snuck, contacted this man and snuck out of the Mavericks game that her parents took her to, to go with this person, to go with her quote-unquote kidnapper, her abuser, a pimp who's pimping out a minor. And you, you just think to yours, like, is she not a victim because she left willingly? And like, how does that happen? But most, most sex trafficking happens by people who they know the person. They aren't just kidnapped and they found them, find themselves in chains and they're, they're sex trafficked. There's a grooming and a manipulation that happens along the way. So in watching Surviving R. Kelly, I think the Finding Neverland docuseries was really great at showing that, um, what is that movie about like the Mormons where like they, the guy like took the the family friend's 15-year-old daughter to Mexico and married him and then or and then like um ended up like getting the dad to give him a hand job so that he like had blackmail material because you're just like this is a crazy story how did this happen but you listen to the people explain how these things step by step happen and they found themselves in positions that they would never find themselves in I don't think anyone would ever predict that they would find themselves shitting in someone's bed as revenge (laughs) leaving rambling notes with knives through them on people's porches. It's insane. And no one would predict that you would find yourself engaged in that behavior. Um, but I, we all find ourselves at some point in situations that we we're like, how, how did we get, how did I get here? One day you wake up and you've been married to someone for 20 years and you think, oh my God, I don't think we've ever been in love. How did I end up here? You know what I mean? Like, it just is the way that it is. But I don't, I guess, like, how fortunate for you that you don't understand abuse and that you think that it's black or white and that someone is an angel and someone is a devil in a situation. And so um, if we have evidence of Amber Heard taunting Johnny Depp, she must be the clear-cut abuser and he must be an innocent victim when... The dynamics of abuse are so much more complicated than that. And it just, it really pains me to have people, um, I don't know, making making a joke of a woman who is brave enough to come forward. Because when you do come forward, your dirty laundry airs. You know what I mean? When you come forward with um, having been abused or raped or whatever, all of your dirty laundry airs with it. Which is why people stay silent. Um, the Annie docus docuseries Secrets of Playboy talked about how the victims of not just Hugh Hefner but other people at the mansion were they were silenced because they had they had nude photographs of them they had sex tapes of them they were secretly uh filmed and so it's like well if you want to come forward and say that you were raped I have like pictures of you participating in an orgy so who's going to believe you you're a slut it just it's it's I don't know um, 
Oh, sorry, I just pulled up the article about her testimony about how Johnny Depp shoved a liquor bottle inside of her. It's it's unfortunate to me. Um, so it, Monica Lewinsky wrote a great article about it for Vanity Fair because she is amazing. Um, I just, it, it's crazy to me that like, are, are, do we forget? Do we do we love? Do we love men so much? Do we love Johnny Depp so much that we're willing to overlook the fact that we have? And yes, you know, she did put makeup on her in one situation to accentuate a bruise. But it's it's like. But we do have mountains of photographs of bruises. Um, he's you know broke her phone in a fight. Um, and, you know, Amber Heard said in her, um, in her uh, restraining order filing, you know, he has a short fuse. He is often paranoid. His temper is exceptionally scary for me. And she said she's living in fear that Johnny will return to our house unannounced to terrorize me physically and emotionally. And I just remember when I was in my abusive relationship begging him to leave me alone, like begging him and being like, if you are not going to love me, if you are not going to be kind to me, if you are not going to be faithful and good to me, I need you to leave me alone because I am defenseless against you. Like that's literally what I said. Whereas like I, for whatever reason, I am defenseless against you. You can tell me you're cheating on me and knock on my door as I'm recovering from surgery and I'm sucking your dick. Like the things that I found myself doing, I, a lot of it I've blocked out because it was, ugh. but like the things that I found myself doing and I just couldn't stop. If he called, I answered. If he showed up, I opened the door and I knew he was bad for me. And there was a point where I was like, I could not seem to break out of this cycle and I thought about, I was like, I might have to leave the state because I cannot seem to get away from him. I cannot seem to like process this. Um, Cause at one point we had been apart for almost a year. I think it was nine months. I had made it nine months clean and sober from this guy. And then he just like kind of popped up into my life and I was back in it. And I just, I was like, I was like, I might have to leave the state because I'm defenseless. And I would cry and I would beg and say, please, 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 can you please leave me alone? Because I, I, I can't say no, you know? And so this sort of quote of her saying she's fearful that Johnny's going to show up to the house and terrorize her physically, emotionally. I fucking get it. I get it in that you're like, this person is horrible and abusive and I don't know how to escape this, whatever hold it has on me psychologically. And the, like, and this is someone with the money to leave. You know what I mean? She had the money, but not the wherewithal. Just because people have money or power or privilege does not mean they don't find themselves in victimizing situations. Um, and then I just... So I, I don't know. I guess I don't know if, if anyone can explain to me why women are defending Johnny Depp or heralding him in light of all this instead of being like, at the, at, at the bare minimum, he's an ugly, messy person. And, and yes, Amber Heard is also a messy person. But like, so why are we trying to paint someone as this saint now 
Why are we why are we on this redemption tour and this villainization of Amber Heard who is a victim? Sorry guys. I think she's a victim. Other than misogyny. I, I cannot I cannot fathom it. But it is it is hurtful. Um Anyways, have a happy hump day. <laughs> Bye.